Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. Everybody, welcome to the final 2019 Real Ripe and Real Ripe, uh, Real Run Oscar campaign, where we're looking at the best and worst pictures of 2019, at least according to Rotten Tomatoes. This is a podcast where we're taking a look at the highs and lows of your favorite Hollywood artists. Each month, we're going to be using Rotten Tomatoes to determine the best and worst film in one individual filmography. This time, however, we're looking at the 2019 pictures, which for the best, we did Black Panther. It was at 97% in Rotten Tomato. And the worst was Bohemian Rhapsody at 62%. And right now we're talking about A Star is Born, which I think is at 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. 89 or 90%, somewhat in the middle. Uh, we're going to be talking about A Star is Born. My name is Wes Diesel. I'm joined by Clay. Clay, how are you? And welcome to our discussion of A Star is Born. Tell me something, Wes. Did this movie <laughs> leave your face a mess? I'm good. good. How are you doing? I'm good. You... um. That was close enough where I did get a little bit weepy there, I think, with uh, what you said. So, <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I, I don't know why the room I was watching that movie in picked that day to just accumulate so much dust. I but, uh, I cried like a bitch during this movie. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I, thought, I was, um, let's, let's, well, I guess I'll just do the, the intro information I'll get into. It. It's a 2018 American musical romantic drama film produced and directed by Bradley Cooper in his directorial debut, written by Eric Roth, Cooper, and Will Fetters. It's a remake of the 1937 film of the same name. Stars Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Dave Chappelle, Andrew Dice Clay, and Sam Elliott's following a hard-drinking musician, Bradley Cooper, who discovers and falls in love with a younger singer laid, played by Lady Gaga. Um, this is nominated Oof. for eight nominations at the 91st Academy Awards. Five of them are Best Picture, Best Actor for Cooper, Best Actress for Gaga, Best Supporting Actor for Sam Elliott, and Best Original Song for Shallow. And in a cruel twist of fate, I think that it is not going to win any of these, and it's going to be kind of a travesty. But I'm glad we watched this one, Clay, because... Um, I don't know if we want to start here, but it um, I think it pairs nicely with Bohemian Rhapsody in a lot of ways. Yes. And yes. I, I've watched, uh, the other ones that I've seen are Black Klansman and Roma out of the ones that we haven't talked about. And I'm pretty sure this is my pick for best picture out of all of them. Um, I really liked it. I really enjoyed this film. But if you want to start with Bohemian Rhapsody, you want to start with your quick thoughts about it and then we can go from there. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down Takes a lot to change, man Hell, it takes a lot to try Can I ask you a personal question? Okay Tell me something, girl Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs Why? Almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times, I find myself longing for change. Here's what we're going to do. We come sing that song that I love. No, you I can't know. do that. Look at me. All you got to do is trust me. We're far from the shell now. 
Well, um, the first thing I wanted to say was, uh, did you notice in the credits how the how the story by credits were listed at the end? I've never seen this before. It was it was listed. They listed the screenplay, which was by one person, and then they did the sub subtitle for Bradley Cooper and another person, which means they did like rewrites on it. Yes. And then the next title was based on the 1954 screenplay by this guy and also the 1976 screenplay by these three people. And then after that, there was a story credit by a different guy. <laughs> yeah. So goes- I don't think I've ever seen that many writers attached to a single project yeah. uh, outside of like an episode of Star Trek. You got you to get your royalties in. Um, <clears throat> have you seen any of the original versions of this? Any of them? The famous one is the 76 one with Barbara Streisand and uh, uh, Christopherson. I, I have not. I, I found it interesting they didn't mention the the one from the thirties in the in the credits, unless maybe the story by credit was the original was for one. the yeah. person who wrote the original. I don't know. I didn't I didn't go back and catch you know, connect the names to see if they, they doubled up. I all. doubt he's around to uh, get royalty credit for it, I think, at this point. So it was more just a uh, kind of a nice thing and maybe a legal attitude that well, they had to put I his mean, name in there. They still they still credit William Shakespeare when they base stuff off of his work. That's Maybe true. That's not the best comparison. But, but that's all but. public access, I think, at this point. And also, right? I should have said I haven't seen this many people credited on a singular work since William Shakespeare. There you go. <laughs> Conspiracies. <laughs> um, I thought less of Bohemian Rhapsody after watching this movie. Um, yeah, me too. I think that Bohemian Rhapsody is actively a bad movie. I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a travesty that Rami Malek is going to mm-hmm. win Best Actor. For what he did mm. there, um, I not to, to kind of go off of that point a little bit. I uh, w- once I finished clearing the dust out of my house, um, I found myself actively angry at this movie because Bradley Cooper is infuriatingly good at everything he does. <laughs> he wrote this day. He co-wrote the movie. It's his first movie directing, which is fucking amazing because this movie looks unbelievable and all the performances are amazing. He acts in it very well. Uh, he wrote, he co-wrote a bunch of the songs. Yep. And he's he's really good looking. It's like really, <laughs> he, I, he he's never done anything that he's been bad at. <laughs> yep. And he was uh, he was he's been in a lot of the uh, actor studio clips because he was apparently a part of that, and he was asking a lot of questions while he was there and a part of that thing, and that's become kind of a meme mm-hmm. that he uh, was so mm-hmm. interested in being an actor and stuff. But yeah, it's his it's his turn. It was. Originally supposed to be done by Clint Eastwood with Beyonce attached to it. Oh, boy. Bradley Cooper was briefly attached as the lead while Eastwood and Beyonce were involved with it. Those two fell out. Lady Gaga got it. And then Bradley Cooper somehow wrangled the directorial chair away from it. And um, Bradley Cooper has acted under Eastwood in American Sniper. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a sort of, not incestuous, I'm, but a little oh. bit of a, like a, an inbreeding going on there. I love Clint Eastwood. Well... To a point, let's put it that way. Um, I don't think his last 15 years of movie output has been particularly very good. Mm. I am so happy he did not direct this movie. Yeah. Because yeah. this movie felt like it had energy to it. it there, you know, there was a clear artistic vision to everything. Um, <clears throat> it felt it felt like it, I feel like um, we kind of talked about with Black Panther and maybe i think maybe more yeah more with bohemian rhapsody how the failings of specifically bohemian rhapsody was you know obviously it wasn't one person's vision and it definitely didn't feel that way this feels like it's a cohesive work of art yeah um 
from the music to the performances to the way it's shot and everything i i this is one of the best first feature debut film uh di- directing things i've ever seen yeah yeah and that's not to say it's a perfect movie because obviously it's not but i mean as far as a guy who's never directed a movie before and not known as being a director or anything and playing music uh, and, and singing yeah. yeah singing in it too which he is worked, the interesting part yeah he worked with willie willie nelson's son who plays his like uh, his band plays cooper's band in the movie yes uh for like three or four months to learn how to play the guitar and just learn like stage presence and he 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 nails it i mean and of course lady gaga is lady gaga so she doesn't need any help there yes um but like i didn't think for one second that he was not on the same level as her in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that they are. um, Yes, I think so. I think that she, she's nominated for best actress for this. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit of a stretch for me personally. Um, She is her, her performance angle, I think is stronger than Bradley Cooper's, but Cooper's is better at the acting portion of it. Yes. So yeah, I would th- say, I would say they even out. Yeah. So I, I think, and th- that almost makes sense with the story that I think that she should be stronger as the performer character mm-hmm. than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we'll get all into that. I did want to just start with the, um, I guess the starting point just to, to go off of the queen stuff is that I, I feel this movie does everything that we thought was wrong with Bohemian Rhapsody and it does it better in a lot of ways. Yeah. And one mm-hmm. thing, this is just a brief little tangent before we get into it, but I think that uh, it illuminated something about Queen for me, which is that I think the reason I have trouble getting into Queen and only appreciating appreciating them on sort of like a I'm impressed by the sort of technicality of Queen is that I was thinking about it, Queen's music is sort of startlingly unemotional in a lot of mm. ways. It's very theatrical, you know, even <clears throat> stuff like the even stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody where he's saying like I wish I'd never been born and things like that. It comes mm-hmm. across more as like a theater act than it yeah, does. Yeah, it's very melodramatic. Yeah, very melodramatic. And I think that kind of leads you in a weird spot where you're making a movie about Queen. I don't want this whole thing to be about Queen, but I think it's sort of like conducive to discussing A Star is Born where Queen's music is unemotional to the point where it does not benefit the material of the film that you're making. Like their music is sort of divorced from the real story that's going on, which is the Freddie Mercury thing. Mm -hmm. And here they just combine it better. Like I think that the, the, the performance of Shallow in this movie uh, the first time that he brings her on stage blows away anything that Bohemian Rhapsody did. It's like, it's sort mm. of laughable that what like Bohemian Rhapsody is just them on an empty stage with like no one in the audience. And you're supposed to think that this is something remarkable. Um, I just think everything, yeah, I, everything here, like uh, the, the shallow performance is just, I think everything is so good about it. And it's, it's good to go off of that because Cooper's great. It actually uses the stage as a location set where the camera mm-hmm. follows them around the stage as he's going. The lighting is very effective. There's a character moment in there. It shows their relationship where he tries to bring her on stage. She does not want to go on. He says, I'm going to sing the song without you. She has that moment of reflection of like, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? Fuck it. I'm going to go out there and do it. And that's maybe Gaga's strongest performance aspect of that scene because I think that she she doesn't immediately become Lady Gaga the minute she steps in front of the microphone. Right. She's like feeling yeah. out what it is to sing this song and what it is to be in front of the crowd. And she gets into it and into it more as she goes along. But I think that 
the Queen movie never allowed the music to develop anything. It never made it feel like the music was an important part of what was going on there. And this is the total opposite. So this feels more like a real music biopic, even though it's not a biopic. It feels like the music is more important to the story than Queen did. Yeah, it may as well. Excuse me. It may as well have been a biopic because the I believed more that Bradley Cooper was his name. Jackson, Maine, Jackson, Maine. Yep. I believe that he was a huge rock star more than I believed all of Queen was a huge rock star yeah. in, in Bohemian Rhapsody. Because, <clears throat> yeah, the concert scenes were just so much more well done. And, I, you know, I was looking it up and I was thinking, oh, maybe it's unfair to say that because they actually shot a lot of it at shows. Like they shot some at Coachella. Yeah, and the, op- the opening at, you know. scene is Coachella. <clears throat> but that being said... They probably show the audience about as many times as they do in in Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's just still f- it, it the stuff that they sh- I was because I was thinking about it as I was watching it because it was like there's a lot of they're on stage but you're still getting a lot of just them just the performance stuff and even that stuff just felt so much bigger just because of the way that they present it where it's almost like shot in more of like a a, a, a dream kind of feeling like when i think about this movie when i think back to the the sequences of of the music and stuff i i see that kind of like as as moments from a dream where you're seeing like big colors and smoke and you know moving through shadows moving and stuff like this and it has a real impressionistic kind of feel to it yeah um that makes it feel bigger and more epic and more like you know busy whereas the queen stuff it was just you know like we said at the show it was like watching them perform in a high school auditorium yeah yeah. And uh um <clears throat> yeah, I would agree that uh the music the song the difference between this and and Bohemian Rhapsody as far as the songs go is um the songs in this were all had an emotional plot point. They they tied in less. with the narrative of the story. The, all of their songs without being heavy-handed tie into what the movie is about in an interesting right. way. Yeah. In in a in a way that is more emotionally satisfying and interesting than this is the scene where Freddie Mercury meets his lifelong girlfriend or whatever. So we're gonna play "You're My Best Friend" over this. Right. Like it, yeah. It's it's a lot less um, literal. Um, my fa- my actually one of my favorite scenes because it's the one I've been thinking about the most. Um, it's not even like really an emotional scene, but it's what they ended up doing. I found really fascinating is the scene where she's on SNL. Because, uh, you know, they they have this big emotional kind of thing beforehand where uh, where she's on the balcony and, and he's like, I, mean, I think that was before. Yeah, that, it's his last yeah, chance to tell her to go her authentic path. Uh, yeah, that sort yeah. Of and he's like, yeah. you know, people are here because they want to they want to know what you say. You know, if, if you're not honest, they're going to smell in a mile. You know, he's, he's all about authenticity and all this kind of stuff. And then when they do the scene on SNL, the song that she performs up to this point, all the songs in this movie have been fantastic yes. and like great lyrics, yep. great melodies, everything. And then the song she performs on SNL, I'm going like, oh, this is cool. I mean, yeah, she's she's on SNL. This is great. She's clearly, you know, blowing up. And then I'm thinking, is this song shitty? The song's shitty. The song is shitty. And, I, and then yeah. after I thought yeah. that, I was like, is the song supposed to be shitty? And then the scene that comes after that is him basically thinking the same thing, going like, this song is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> and th- they have this they have this scene about it afterwards where i 
you know, uh, we can get into uh, um, the the emotional, uh, psychological relationship stuff later. Um, but you, well, I found yeah, myself. Do you, do you want to talk? Well, if if we're going to talk, yeah, sure. If you want to talk about the music, the biggest problem I have with the movie is actually mm. the the theme of what the music is about in in terms of her becoming a pop star. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get that out of the way because I think it's the weakest link, and I think you were going in that direction, well, but I interrupted you. Well. Yeah, I I uh, I was just saying that scene where they have afterwards, where he kind of like tells her that he thinks her song is shit. Um, I found it very emotionally conflicting because neither one of them is entirely wrong in that sequence because he's obviously he's being very selfish about it, but it's clear that the music is not that good. Yeah. However. She is living her dream and becoming a superstar and is believing the thing that she's doing. So you can't really fault her for it. But she's also not admitting that the song is not her best work and is kind of, she's kind of selling out a little bit. So I think there's this weird. I saw a, a review on, on IMDb that was, was a very low scoring that said mm. uh, they hated this movie because it presented Bradley Cooper's character as a sort of a. Um, uh, a righteous suicide who who you know everything that all of his opinions are correct and and he kills her himself for the betterment of her career um and which is a terrible message to send to people and i think that's a completely wrong way to read it no i i, but, I would agree that <clears throat> i'll get into it later his suicide is oddly righteous but i think that that opinion of why it's righteous is wrong um yeah i think he thinks it's righteous but it's actually it's not yes like he he's not well, he's not helping her by doing that. He he's not. Well, he's yeah. He yes. We'll get into that a little bit later because yeah. I think we can talk about the ending all by itself. I, I think that the my I I would disagree with that IMDb. My my problem, my main problem, what I think is the biggest flaw of the movie is that I think while it's it's trying to tell this tale of uh, Jackson Maine is playing authentic music and you are not anything in this world. If you're not being authentic, like people can smell it on you, you're in authenticity. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't take the chance and seize it and do what you are like true to your heart, then it's not going to amount to anything. What's, what's weird is that her trajectory seems to be influenced by Lady Gaga but I don't. It, it it almost feels like the movie is insulting to Lady Gaga's career on some. Like I, if I yeah. was Gaga and I was watching and I was reading the script, it'd be like, well, why, why is why does it have to be bad pop music? Why why can't I just go into a direction of I'm doing really creative pop music and becoming a pop superstar? And the movie seems to think that once she moves away from her country inspired bluesy rock sound and moves into a more pop-oriented thing, which is highlighted by the the SNL performance, that she somehow loses herself. And I don't know if that's really necessary for the movie. Um, It certainly... I I, Sorry. Go ahead. Well, my last point would just be, the movie actually really surprised me because it was much less predictable than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I thought I had this movie down beat for beat as like how it was going to work. And he was going to be basically become jealous of her uh, success as she became this right. big star. And that's really not what happens in it. Um, it kind of is. He's jealous on some level, but it's not the driving factor between the problem between the two of them. And right. the, the Gaga pop thing was a little bit of a surprise to me like the, right there, where I thought that her pop music would be 
good. And I, I didn't feel it was fair to pin that character on being inauthentic at that point. I think it's a problem for the Gaga character to be labeled that way and to have the film sort of insinuate that that's the problem, that she moved away from her roots. You know, I was thinking that too, but then I, I was I was also thinking like, well, but I don't know if it's explicitly being shitty towards her and saying that she ha- is any less because she's doing this stuff. Um, because ultimately she's not, right? Like it, she she's doing what she loves to do and she's being successful at it and it's and she's not actually hurting her career by doing it. And there's no, she doesn't have a moment where she like looks into the mirror and cuts all of her orange hair off or anything like that. Like there's no, the only person who is really minimizing what she's doing is Bradley Cooper and him, him doing that is, yeah, it's not quite jealousy. It's more, it's. He thinks she's walking down the wrong path. He he, he supports her as long as the music that she's making is authentic, at least as far as he sees it. Right. Which, and I think that's the key. It's like, it's authentic as far as he sees it. And he's thinking this and expressing this, uh, not realizing that he himself is a piece of shit because, you know, he, he's, uh, although I wouldn't even describe, I wouldn't describe him as a bad, he's, he's not not as bad bad as I, as going in. I thought that they were, the cliche would be that he would be a much worse person than he actually is. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they, Definitely, uh, I don't want to say make excuses for his alcoholism in this movie, but they definitely don't paint him as just like a shitty person who is also a drunk. They paint him as a drunk with like systemic uh, problems and yeah. places where that alcoholism comes from. Yeah. But, um, and also, like, he doesn't even, when he goes to get clean, he gets clean. Like the, he the, he has he only has one relapse and it's a pretty big one but it's like it's not one that he that happens on his own it's one that he's goaded into so <clears throat> if anything I, I would say that his character might be a little too good of a person hmm. yeah. um, but I I still I still was more interested in this weird psychological emotional thing that they had going on where they're both not entirely right and they're both not entirely wrong. Um, than I than I would have been if it was just like you know, uh, dinner theater uh, drunk comes home, you know. Yeah, and I was I was reading about the <clears throat> SNL performance by the person who wrote that song. Um, apparently, it's not a Gaga song; someone else wrote it. And mm-hmm. that person was asked, "Is this is was this?" <laughs> it's kind of a weird question. They were asked, "Like, is this intentionally supposed to be a bad song compared to the other ones?" And they said, "No, they were just trying to write a pop song." for that scene that would be like a um you know that kind of like her at that stage would be singing this kind of song i think it comes off i think the weakness i think that song being so bad and unintentionally bad actually is kind of a problem for the movie if that song had Mm -hmm. been better i think that it um her position at that point doesn't seem as silly as it comes across in the film, like the, the, if she's actually making great pop music, like she was a Lady Gaga type character who was in there. I think that the, the difference in their trajectories as she's on the up and up and he is going down and realizing more that he's sort of, he can't keep up with this new world, which is never really hinted at. His downfall is kind of played off in the background, his sort of loss of popularity. Like they don't really focus on that. But, But I think if that song was better, 
I think that their arc works a little bit better and that she is transcendent at this point and he is on the decline a little bit more. As it stands, it comes across as a little bit more of, well, it's embarrassing that she's gone this total pop route, um, I think. And Bradley Cooper's character, Jackson Maine, seems to be more right about the authenticity points than maybe he should be. Yeah, and I also found it kind of, I think the big disconnect for me with that was they don't really have a scene where she commits to that path because up to a certain point all she's been doing is like they're trying to give her dancers and she says no to the dancers they want her to dye her hair blonde she says no to dyeing her hair blonde and then it's like a very hard cut to her getting ready to do press for her album and she's dyed her hair orange and now she's on snl with these dancers and everything and there's no like point where she has made the decision to go that way right because she's been actively pushing that stuff away and to have her just sort of be like the next evolution, just be, oh, she's doing it now and doesn't feel bad about it. I feel like it would have been nice if there was a scene where she, for whatever reason, uh, decides that that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, she doesn't. I, the reason I think it's it, maybe it's. I think they were actively trying to not say that her decision was the wrong decision. Because there's no scene where she says that it was the wrong decision, right. and there's no scene that you that they show that it was the wrong decision. The closest that you get, and I wouldn't even call this showing it's the wrong decision, is the very last scene when she sings that song at his tribute, and her hair is back to her natural color, and she's wearing like a, an evening gown. And but she, that's she introduces like, herself by her married name, which is interesting. Yeah. at that point too, which seems to be which which. I think you can ter- interpret that two ways. A, it seems inappropriate at your husband's memorial, basically, to go with like your own style. Like it's appropriate to sing his songs at that point. Um, right, you're right. And it's appropriate to introduce yourself as a last name. It does stand out a little bit as a, a little bit of if you consider her character to be totally dependent on him and her arc is to split away from him, it seems a little bit like it seems a little bit underhanded to then relegate her to just being his wife again. Although I think the movie does a really good job of these two. They're not really antagonistic towards each other. Like they truly love each other and are mutually supportive of each other the entire time. And it's really just the drugs and the uh, depression on Jackson's part that drags everything down. So I like the ending. I think I could understand where the argument comes that it's a weak sign for her, but I think I disagree just because the movie to that point is showing them as supporting each other. Even his suicide is attempting to be supportive of her. Right, right. And I think I think that's where the disconnect in that IMDb review comes from for me because I don't think I he 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 is doesn't I didn't see him killing himself as him thinking this is going to help her career. I saw him killing himself as this is, uh, it's more of an internal thing. It's a, it's a personal thing, right? He's a piece of shit. It's his fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. He may as well kill himself so she can be free. He thinks that maybe he's doing, I I don't think it was this grand gesture. I think it was just, you know, that that's the bottom of, of self-destruction. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. I, but I also think that, there, there was definitely part of that, the feeling, well, if I'm gone, I'm doing this. There was that thought that if I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm, she's going to be free and she'll be able to soar or whatever. Yep. Uh, but in no world is that the, is that the right decision? Like, that's not going to make her life better. 
Right. Like, she she like, becomes depressed. Like everything, she becomes depressed of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like kind of everything he's done towards her in this movie is him thinking that he's doing the right thing for her, but ultimately he's only doing it for himself as part of his self-destructive spiral, except for the parts where he's like briefly sober. Yeah. But uh, um, so he, him killing himself does nothing but hurt her, you know? Yeah, see, I... <laughs> career-wise, career-wise, it's debatable, um, but as far as like... yeah. Yeah, like it, it, it completely destroys her and 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 his brother. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's what's tough about it. his his suicide. I see is no. Sorry. One more one more thing. I just want to say if 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 she had sang that tribute song like at the Oscars, winning an award, yeah. then I would say, okay, yes, that's fucked up. But that's clearly not the response that the characters have, or the movie has to him killing himself. It's not a positive thing. No. No. It, it, the See, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd be hesitant to call Jackson Maine selfish. I do think what he does at the end is a combination of like, it's like 30% depression and 70% he thinks. I, I've heard the criticism on another podcast. They were not, maybe not a criticism. They were questioning whether or not he had to commit suicide at the end and whether or not he could have just left. My thing is that it ties into the their relationship is pure. He can't just walk away because she will right. always be looking for him and he will always be looking for her. He can't just leave. It's not like they're breaking up. He has to remove himself from her life. And this is the only yeah, way that he can do it and have her. And I think in his mind, he thinks killing himself is the only way that she will ever able to be moved on and free of his influence from her because she is dependent on him as a co-writer and a co you know like spiritual being basically like they they do belong to each other and if he him killing himself is noble in the sense that he does think he's doing it for her but the ending shot of her face clearly shows that it was a bad decision that he made yeah yeah you know what i mean some kids started singing one of his songs and borrows in the other night i playing his songs everywhere At first, I got angry. I don't know why. I guess I felt like... How could any of these people feel like they knew him? Who he really was? But then something changed. And it soothed me. I would wasn't all for fucking nothing. The last thing I did was lie to him. Listen to me. It isn't your fault. It just isn't. You know whose fault it was? Jack. That's it. No one else. Not you, not me. No one but Jack. I just keep going over and over and over in my head. Jack talked about how music is essentially 12 votes between any octave. 12 notes and the octave repeats. It's the same story. Told over and over. 
artists can offer the world is how they see those 12 notes. That's it. Yeah, and I, also he's this massive star. You know, it's it's not like if he just goes away, if he just leaves, then without ultimately killing him, not that I'm, you know, I'm not trying to support the fact that he killed himself, obviously. Yeah. But. Um, we're just talking about his logic, I think, for why yes, he's doing this. Yeah, if he were to just leave her, that is not going to remove him from her life because then their relationship becomes the point of, you know, paparazzi stuff and... She'd be you know, searching. She'd be searching gonna, for him. She, she's willing yeah. to cancel her tour for him. You know what I mean? She, she's yeah. willing to sabotage her tour at the final scene, which is the thing that she says. The last thing that she says was a lie because she canceled the tour. It wasn't a label decision to right, do that. Right. And she's obviously that's and that conversation is what sparks his idea to kill himself. I think it's like the final straw because he realizes that she is going to damage herself and her potential if he sticks around in any way. Right. And also you could view it as him believing that ultimately fame is more important than their relationship. And I don't mean that like, uh, I mean that he, he thinks that her being successful, uh, as far as musically and, and artistically is more important than whatever they have together. Well, he, he thinks, so it, he thinks if you have something important to say, it's a shame to not have the world hear it would be you know what i mean right if, if you yeah. are and gifted and talented and yeah you're not allowing the world to hear you it's a great waste in his opinion right and he doesn't want to be the person to to prevent her from doing that yeah and yeah. obviously like all you know i'm not a psychologist but most most things like this it's a very short-sighted view of things and very uh ultimately very selfish because again he's he's putting himself in this position whether or not he thinks of himself as a martyr he is putting himself in this position where the future of her career rests on his shoulders. Yes. Um, yep. So yeah, it's all, it's ultimately, and I think, I think the fact that they have that scene with her and Sam Elliott afterwards and her freaking out in the house and everything, I think that goes a long way to showing like, that's not correct. It's not, what he did is not a, a noble act by any means. Yeah. I, the story's a tragedy, really. Oh yeah. You know, it's time. a, it's one of those, I was actually not super impressed with it um, as we were watching it. And I, I liked it. I thought it was very good. But I was like, oh, this is just kind of a you know a normal thing to be expecting. It's one of those movies that when it was over, I've been thinking about this movie for like two days. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. like, it like sits so heavy. I've been listening to the OST. Uh, the, sound, the songs are pretty oh, good. God, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> it's I mean, all those songs. I thought the same thing. Or I was like, I would actually go out... I never say this about song movies that have original songs as like the most of their soundtrack, but I would a hundred percent listen to this again. And then the other part of me was like, why would you want to do that? You need your eyes to work. Amy has come in and turned the elect the echo off while I've been listening to it, saying she says it's too sad and she doesn't want to listen to the music. Um, yeah. It's it's really devastating. It's it's a, it's a emotionally devastating tragic movie that would i but i also think it's really rewatchable like i would i rewatched a bunch of the scenes this morning just to sort of prepare myself for this and um i think it's rewatchable it's one of those things that once you've seen the movie the opening hour of them developing their relationship becomes even more sad when you watch it again yeah. you're just like oh jesus like this is just all horrible all the songs build towards that i think the character work is really good the first thing you see at jackson maine is him uh, taking pills and drinking gin. Or, clearly, he's already drunk because he's like spilling the gin all over his face as he goes out for the show. The the bits of 
we talked about in the Queen how you don't want to see too much of a career. This is clearly just past the peak of his yeah. uh, popularity is where the movie picks yep. up because his tension with his brother is at an all-time high. He's a mess. And everything from here on, he seems like he's just kind of coasting along. And then he meets her and excels forward. Um, if if this were a biopic, I would say this is a perfectly timed biopic as far as the amount of time they spend in the person's life. Yes. Like, I, 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 I would not want to see the the early years of Jackson Maine I think this would this is the perfect thing that I was talking about of like a segment of time where it's the story is most important and then you know you're in and you're out yeah yeah exactly and it's and you get plenty of stuff about their history and like this I think I I felt like I don't want to throw Queen Bohemian Rhapsody under the bus too much but I I feel like I learned more about Jackson Maine as a character a fully rounded character than I did Freddie Mercury yeah I would I would agree Just, yeah. and, and that's just based on his actions in the movie and some of the stuff you learn about his history and the interactions with his brother. Like a lot of that stuff is 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 they don't even like spell it out. Like that scene, the scene after they go to uh, to the uh, the father's ranch and he finds out that it's been turned into a wind farm because his brother sold it and he comes and he gets in Sam Elliott's face and everything punches him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of a funny line at first when Sam Elliott says, well, you stole my fucking voice. Yep. Because I kept the whole movie, I was like, he's just doing a Sam Elliott impression. Um, <laughs> but that interaction, they don't talk about that stuff again in any sort of like concrete way. They hint at it in bits where they talk about being in a band together, blah, blah, blah. But there's never a scene, like the next scene after that isn't him and Lady Gaga sitting down while she, you know, watches him talk about how they used to be in a band together and all, you know, all that kind of shit. Yes. Um, they, they call it back that in that. Stuff. They call it back in that amazing scene where he's making his apology amends after he gets oh, clean God. at the end, and yeah. it, it should, it's. I, I assume that real that scene was the real for both Cooper and. Um, why can't I? Elliot's uh, Sam Elliot. Yeah, Elliot's Oscar real because they're yeah. both brutal in that in that they are two brothers who clearly share a lot in common but aren't really close with each other like there's just yeah. a lot of trauma between the two of them they both had the same horrible father uh they both have sort of worked together and there's a mutual respect there but they've clearly never talked to each other as i imagine a lot of siblings have thanks for the ride sure thing jack Hey, you know, uh, when I, um, when I said I would, you know, when I, took your voice, you know. You idolized, wasn't that? Just the fact that that's like his final conversation with his brother is just—it's just a gut punch, and it's—it's it's so devastating that that's how they do off. And uh, Elliot driving off in reverse with the watery yeah. eyes is just a fantastic I wanted, shot. I wanted to say, like, a plus decision there to have that scene happen with the camera more or less behind the seats. So you don't see Sam Elliott's face. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like I, I just the, the thought process there is like, well, he needs to back his way out of this driveway, which means he needs to turn around. 
So you don't show his face until he turns around to back the car up and his eyes are just like obliterated. Oh my God. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Like that's, there's so much stuff they did in this movie that I thought was just like fucking amazing choices. Like, uh, um, when they're recording her album, they, uh, they do this. I think it was that part, but it was one, one of the parts, the times where they were in the recording studio, I think it was during her album. Um, they have like this whole dialogue back and forth where they're shooting their blurred ref- reflections in the window of the control room. Like they're, they're behind the camera essentially. And the camera's looking through the window into the control room, Yep. but it's the focus is on the glass. So you're just seeing like these colored shapes of them interacting while they're having this sort of like lovey dovey conversation. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. The, um, like that stuff impresses me more than, Look how accurately we recreated the live eight. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, I, I'd, I'd agree with that, and I think that the, in terms of the performance there, um, I'd have a hard time not picking Bradley Cooper as the best actor performance. Yeah. Looking at the group they've they've got, Rami Malek is the runaway favorite, according to the the math, and I just think that there's a. I don't know why the Academy prefers performances like Malek's. Um, it it doesn't think, it doesn't seem as subtle. It doesn't seem as grounded. It doesn't seem as like all encompassing. It feels more like you're playing dress up in a lot of ways, yeah. and you're not becoming like Bradley Cooper. The way he talks, I feel like Bradley Cooper is a is not Bradley Cooper in this. Well, it feels like right, Rami Malek is just pretending to be Freddie Mercury for three hours. Yeah, I, like I I didn't I thought he was completely lost in his character in this movie. I thought he was great. Just the I way think, he talks, just go to talk yeah. about it. And like the big beard too, like yeah, he's yeah. got one of those beards that comes up to like right up to your lip, which I've never understood how that works. <laughs> uh, but, and you know, he's, he's, he's always blurry eyed and he, 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 he went out of his way to make himself look pretty terrible in this movie, which I give him credit for, even though he still looks really good. One decision um, I one decision I really liked is that he has tinnitus the entire time. He mm-hmm. has a lot of conversations with people where he says, what? He, like mm-hmm. he's he's obviously hard of hearing after playing music for so long. And I thought it was a nice yeah. little character touch for him. Yeah, but uh, I think the reason that performances like the Freddie Mercury performance get more press is because it is a very uh, quantifiable uh, quality of of acting for like a layman. Not to sound too um, you know pretentious saying this, but like sometimes you don't realize how much work the actors are doing in these movies. Like you watch star is born. I think you can, you can kind of forget how hard these, how both of these guys are working to do what they do. Like lady Gaga comes off as very, very natural. Um, and very, uh, uh, they, they both do. It's like the, I guess there was a lot of improv in it too, which you can kind of tell. Um, Helpful yeah, there, for someone like Gaga, I would think, where yeah. maybe line rem- remembering is not the best way forward. And, and you can, but you can, you know, when it's something more subtle and something more real, sometimes it can it cannot be as uh, easily um, quantifiable as to the amount of work they did to get to that point. Yep. Whereas if you can look at one source and go, oh my God, he copied that source exactly then you can then you then have like a guide as to how quote unquote good his acting is. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think that's a big part of it. And I you know, I, I think you get into gray areas with like Ray or or Walk the Line or whatever where it's like I I think 
Jamie Foxx probably deserved that Oscar for for Ray Charles because he was just amazing in that movie. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, I think those those kind of characters are are generally a little bit easier to swallow as far as like, oh, I can see why this person is getting this praise for being a great actor. Yeah, well, I could even understand it if you were doing a perfect imitation, but I was, you know, if you take a picture of uh, Jamie Foxx playing Ray and you put it next to a similar photo of Ray Charles, they're mm-hmm. they're very simple. Like, they're, he, he embodies Ray Charles in a way that right. I didn't get Rami Malek was embodying Freddie Mercury. Right. It didn't yeah. come across that way to me, where if you're... If you're really losing yourself in the character, I think it's a whole nother thing. It, like whether or not you're copying is almost irrelevant. I do think it gives someone like a objective measure of, oh, he looks exactly like this person, therefore it's a good performance. But yeah, yeah, I just the Cooper thing is fine. I'm I'm not I don't need Lady Gaga to win for best actor. Sam Elliott would be a solid win for it. The original song, um, best picture. I thought Lady Gaga was her performance was was really good. Okay. Um, I seem to be alone in this because everyone disagrees with me. So if you want to say why, yeah. I think she, I thought she was great, but yeah, I don't know if she was like transcendent. Not that, I mean, not that you have to be. I mean, I would say her, her, her singing was like, I think that the, her performing persona was, but not the scenes where they were just the two of them together. I think, I think Cooper was carrying most of that stuff. I, I thought those I like those scenes. The the ones that I didn't think were particularly good is I wasn't totally but I didn't think she was a very convincing crier. Okay. I think yeah. some of some of those scenes were were not as authentic as the rest of the of rest of her scenes were. Um and you know, I, I, I hate to I don't wanna go on and on about Bradley Cooper's genius and then be like, Oh, but Lady Gaga's not that great. I thought she was fantastic. I thought I mean for the role that she was playing, I thought she was great. I uh I don't know. I don't. Do you know off the top of your head who who else is nominated for best actress? Best. I can look it up if you want to just go to kill time and explain what you liked about her at this point. Well, I thought you know. I I, I agree. I think her performances were fantastic. That scene where they do shallow obviously is amazing. Um, and I think yeah, she got a lot of character through in the the musical performances. Um, and I did want to talk about too how just like fucking refreshing it was to see two people in a movie full of music where the characters have to sing songs actually fucking singing the songs songs. yeah like even even not even doing like a pre-recorded tracks they did a lot of that stuff live yes to the the point where has applause in the songs if you're listening to the songs yeah oh really yeah oh i'll have to maybe i'll listen to that and ball my eyes out (laughs) um (laughs) Even to the point where when they were doing the SNL thing, I thought there was going to be a plot point that she was lip syncing because there was a few cuts of the way that she was performing that song where she was not singing. She was just doing the dance moves and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was going to be a a, a plot point where she had gone so far the other way that she wasn't even singing anymore. I'll Um, I'll tell you the the nominees now. It's Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born, Olivia Colman for The Favorite. Glenn Close okay. for The Wife, Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Yalitza mm-hmm. Aparicio for Roma. Um, okay. Glenn yeah, Close I, I, is I, apparently the runaway favorite for this, even though people think it's just a you deserve an award because you've been nominated a record number yeah, of times at this I, point. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, th- I think Glenn Close deserves one. Uh, I have seen The Favorite. I haven't seen those other ones. Um, there was one. Oh, I, not to get into alternate things, but like I haven't seen that Melissa, Melissa McCarthy movie, and I'm basing this 
completely on the fact that of who she is, not the performance that she gave, because, you know, that's what you do on the internet now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would swap her out for uh, Tony Collette in Hereditary. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yep. that movie is fucking crazy, but she was great in that movie. Anyway, not, 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 uh, I, the reason I asked was because I was like, I wanted to see if there was anybody that stood out that, that should beat her. Um, I would say Glenn Close, probably. Uh, I would, Olivia I would, Coleman. Yeah. What did you think of Olivia? I, I've seen the Roma actress, and I think the Roma actress's performance is better than Lady Gaga's. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Um, I, I thought Olivia Coleman was good in The Favorite. It's a very uh, different kind of performance where it's not it's not your classic best actress performance where it, like like Lady Gaga's performance and character is very much a classic best actress type of role. Yeah. yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman is is a lot more tongue in cheek, uh, but I thought she was great. I mean, I, I, everything I've seen her and she's she's awesome. Um, she's she's like she does all the heavy lifting in the first season of Broadchurch, which is fucking the best. First season of TV I've ever seen. Yep, and she's a very strong uh, character in Peep Show, one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. She's uh, one of the main characters. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, back to Lady Gaga's performance. Yeah, I thought she was. I thought she was great. And um, I, I, you know, I don't think it was perfect. Uh, and for 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 the first run at something this size by her. Great job. I mean, yes. all around. Yeah. I, I would all say, around. I would say it could have been a lot worse, uh, which is not really oh, yeah. a slight yeah. on her performance. I don't think she, she does nothing that lets down the film. Um, I just, I'm I only think, speaking in context of nominating for best actress. I didn't feel yeah. it was quite there. I think her performance would probably look worse if it was not her singing those songs and if it was not her singing those songs live. Yeah, I think if like you, if you if you took another actress who gave the exact same performance, who then was lip syncing those songs, yes. I, I think it would stand out more. Her 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 weaknesses as an actress would stand out way more. Yes, I would I would one hundred percent agree with that. the The thing that she does, she her best acting, I think, comes across in her development as a meek wannabe star into something of a star. Because Lady Gaga is familiar with this is how you star it up basically like this is how you give a performance right right um that is really what's helpful for her i think in terms of that one thing one thing i wanted to touch on i did have another uh little bit of a problem um with two casting choices one i thought was okay the other one was kind of bizarre to me um what'd you, oh. what'd you think what'd you think of the dave Chappelle scene that was uh kind of random um however I, I, uh, there was a lot of, uh, I, I was surprised at the number of stand up comics in this movie. Yes. A lot um, of Andrew Dice Chappelle's Clay in plays it. her father. Andrew Dice Clay's in it. And, uh, shit, I can't remember that other guy's name. The guy who plays, um, uh, the, the, the preacher who marries them. Uh, damn it. Eddie something. Is that his name? Oh, I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin. Is that it? Uh, he's not showing up on the cast. Eddie Griffin. Yes. He's the local preacher. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought Dave Chappelle was an odd choice, but as I was watching it, as I was listening to what his scene was, I, I was wondering if maybe they, maybe they're friends. I don't know, but I wonder if they cast him because that scene is specifically someone set talking about how they walked away from their fame. Big fame. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, if you're, if you need somebody to set, to do that scene, that Dave Chappelle's your man. Dice Clay is the same way. Dice Clay is someone who yeah. had a lot of potential and no longer has it. And he's playing the same role in that father character than yeah. it is. And yeah. I think it's actually distractingly on the nose for both of them. 
Um, I thought I really thought Andrew Dice Clay was great because I didn't realize it was him until a few minutes in, and then I was like, "Well, this guy looks real." Oh my god, it's Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Well, the um, I think Dice Clay yeah. makes his character makes more sense in terms of the story. The Dave Chappelle bit, I don't think it makes sense at all, and I would actually cut all of his scenes because what what the Chappelle character is talking about really has no impact on either of the characters that he that we we've getting to know. Like the neither of them are about walking away from the fame that they've been given. Mm. So it felt like it was just Dave Chappelle sort of coming on to monologue about his opinion about fame. And I didn't think it was really helpful. I I was sort of, Mm. I was surprised that he just shows up at that house. It was never really clear to me. Like, did he just walk there and he sort of passed out thinking that he knew that that's where his best friend lived or something like that. And Mm -hmm. it, it just, it felt, if you cut that, I feel that saving the 15 minutes of that would have made the film a little bit more tight and it would have gotten rid of this sort of odd segue. You could work their marriage or proposal into another way and I think it would work just as well or even better. Yeah, I think that scene is probably in the wrong movie. Uh, be in it, Or I should say, that scene belongs in a different movie because it's it to me it was Dave Chappelle talking about how, like, you know, he thought he knew where he, he wanted to go and then, you know, for whatever reason, maybe he met his wife or whatever, he decided that he was going to stay here and it wasn't so bad. And I understood, I thought the trajectory from that point was going to be Bradley Cooper taking that advice. They were going to get married and he was going to like actively be taking a back seat. And that's when the resentment was going to start building. Right. Um, and that's when the alcoholism was really going to start to flare up. And that's not really what happens. Um, so, yeah, I think the the... Uh, that scene and and the the uh, uh wisdom that he's trying to impart on on Bradley Cooper is not totally applicable to what happens in the rest of the movie. He, he makes, so yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. He makes more sense in the what I going in not knowing anything contextualize about the movie. Like in my prediction of what the movie would be, it's what you're saying that he yes, convinces yeah. Bradley Cooper to take a back seat, and that causes all this. Uh, resentment to build up and then bubble over but it, it it doesn't work that way and i i much appreciate the film for not going down that path because i've, I've seen those movies w- before yeah i was gonna say did you feel at all like there needed to be more conflict between them no because that's i i was watching it and and you know uh my my girlfriend watched the first hour with me and then then she took the dog out and i was like do you want me to pause it and she's like absolutely not i've i'm leaving at the high point and i don't need to see how this comes crashing down like that's totally fair (laughs) did she has she not not watched the end at all no, no although she went to bed i had about a half an hour left when she went to bed and um after it was over I went into the bedroom and she's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't sleep because I knew it was going to be really sad. And I, I I, just couldn't stop thinking about it. So I'm glad that it's over now so I can go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I, when she came back with the dog, it was like more or less right at the point where they're at the Grammys and he, you know, pisses himself on stage. Yeah. And I was thinking as far as the stuff that she probably wouldn't want to see – that was the only thing that really happened. Like there was no, there wasn't a ton of conflict driving them apart or like, you know, high drama as far as their relationship goes. They have that one scene um, where she's in the bath and he calls her ugly and they fight uh, after that. And he's been drinking, obviously, but that that's the I, only real fight that they have. Yeah. And I actually did really appreciate, they totally pull a swerve on you that I think was very effective. Um when, because you know he's getting all fucked up before the Grammys, and then they get up there to do that Roy Orbison tribute, 
And for for a second, they're playing it like, oh, no, this is where he, he's going to have this meltdown in front of the entire fucking world. Yeah, he drunkenly, no, he's, picks, he's, up, he's, he's he drunkenly picks up the uh, the pick and you're like, oh, yeah. Jesus, this is going to be horrible. But then he just, and he then just of, rips And then, of course, it. yeah, he just rips it out and it's awesome. And so that like your tension level goes down a little bit. And then the thing happens when she wins and you're like, oh, fucking hell. You know, like that. It was that, I that was, was that, that unintentional. Was, was that um, I, I that was I thought a really interesting tone. The thing where he's on the stairs as she's accepting the Grammy because it was kind of funny where he's yelling. He's like she's up there giving her speech and he's like, "Did you win? Did you did you win?" Yeah. As he's laying on the thing, it's it's um, it's cringy and sad and funny all at the same time. And it's really just the it's like the low point for the the two of them. And obviously that's what causes him to go have to go to rehab and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I I think I, I I agree with you. I think I appreciate that this movie was not about their the jealousy of one driving them apart and having this like tumultuous, um, fiery relationship that you just know is going to crash and burn. I kind of appreciated the fact that it was like even in that moment where he, uh, you know pees his pants in front of the entire world embarrasses her on on yeah embarrasses her she's protecting him yeah she's protecting you know she she pulls her dress up over him and tries to you know like it's very she's very much uh, cares about him even in that moment where it's it's clear that she cares more about him than about her own fame yes yeah and i i think i really appreciated that instead of the usual like uh I think it's more or less the story of La La Land, isn't it? Where like the <laughs> yes. where one of them starts to get one of them they start go- growing in different ways, and yes. one of them gets successful, and then yep. the other one isn't, and then they grow apart. And well, they, what's you know. inter- what's interesting about here is that neither character, both characters, care more for the other than they do about their own career, and yeah. it's almost a race to who can destroy their own career faster mm, for the other person, mm. and it's much more satisfying and it's much more. It's much more, just much more sad. Like their relationship yeah. is actually really tragic in a way that if they were fighting with each other for the second half of the movie, it would have been more cliche and obnoxious, and you would have liked them less as a couple. And I think that that's just really not the way that the movie wanted to go. And I think it's just really about two people who deeply love each other trying to elevate each other as they're mutually destroying each other. All right, you made it. Everything all right. The trip is fine. Feels all right and about yeah, so, nice. uh, so listen, we're gonna sing that song, all right? I did an arrangement; it was kind of not so great, but uh, maybe no, you can I just can stick with it. Yeah, here, come on, here we go. Just, <laughs> just don't fuck around. All you gotta do is trust me. That's all you gotta do. I'm gonna sing it either way, so. Yeah, I also really liked that scene. Um, when she goes to visit him at the rehab clinic and cause I feel like I've, I've, I've been in that situation on her end, not with anybody in that, that situation, but as far as like how you are trying to, she's trying to ask him questions about what he plans to do because she doesn't want to be insulting to him and assume that it's just going to be what she wants but the fact that she's kind of waffling about it makes it sound like it's not what she wants. Does right. that make sense? Yep. 
Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. So yeah. like, she's like, so what's your, what's your plan? I mean, do you think you're going to come back? And he's like, well, do you not want me to come back? He's like, no, no, of course I do. And that immediately sets in motion this thing where you sound like you don't want the person to come back, even though you're just trying to respect them. And it, it's a respect their distance. Yeah. yeah and it, sort of give them the option of what they want to do. And they're like, of course I'm going to come back. It's like, oh, well, I, I didn't mean to sound insulting. I just don't want to, I don't want to insert words into your mouth, I guess, and let you come to your own decision. Yeah. I thought that was a really, a really, uh, honest relationship scene um and I, you know some of the places where it looked like there was improv i think i think my favorite i'm assuming this was improv and maybe they tweaked it and and uh made it work more as a line in post or something like that or the, or afterwards uh was when the argument in the bathtub where she calls him his her boyfriend and then she quickly mm-hmm. says boyfriend you're my fucking husband you seem like my boyfriend and he's like boyfriend will you got a boyfriend like that back and forth was like man i thought that was really good that tied into her pop song on snl is about boyfriends it's oh, a yeah. generic boyfriend song. Uh, yeah, and it just ties into that. I, I, I did. I, I really liked. Uh, I really liked that stuff. I really liked the movie in general. We, we can get some sort of quick hits, I guess, here out of the way. So, what would you say is your favorite scene? Um, I can go with mine. Mine is easy. It's the shallow yeah. performance. I think it's a masterful direction uh, choices. I think it sums up the entire movie. I think the performance is great. If that song doesn't win best original song, I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know what would come close for to, to beating it. Because you have, to, I'd assume the Oscars have to think in context of how this benefited the film. It's not just like the song standing uh, on its own, like it's think. a Grammy. Yeah, so we'll see. But, I, I also, uh, I also think it's really funny that uh, there were more pe- more writers on that song than there were on the movie. There was like five people. <laughs> credited it's a very as simple, on very that song. simple song. Yeah. yeah, it's like how how do you even do that? Like I. I'd be curious to see what the writing process was. And is it one of those things where it's like you've got most of the song, but then the one person comes in and plays like, well, what if you do this chord and this chord? And that brings it together. And it's like, well, okay, now you have a writing credit on this. I assume that must be what it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the janitor comes in and has like a great idea and he's uh, credited as a songwriter on this thing. My favorite scene you, um, would be. Uh, yeah, go ahead. God. Um, yeah, that was. I mean, obviously, that's the 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 go to. Uh, if I if I had to pick a scene aside from that one, just on an emotional level, her final performance yeah, of the song killed me. It it destroyed. It destroyed. Even think, though that song sounds too much like Whitney Houston's, and uh, I will I, always love yes, you. Yes, I I noticed that too. I was like, this is the same like emotional. Uh, music, musical emotional structure is I will always love you. However, what I really thought made that scene the the best, or it really elevated it, was when they cut back to the scene of him playing it for her on the piano. Yes, that yeah, was, and they hug, and that's oh, their final. Man. Yeah, yeah, yep. I would say I uh, would say probably that. I mean, that was that was a gut punch, man. I really yeah. I really like that because I, I I feel like doing that sort of callback to things in the movie is can come off as kind of cheesy. But, you know, having this amazing performance and then cutting back to uh, uh, him writing the song for her, I was like, oh, man, yeah, that that, that was Happier fantastic. times. Yeah, yeah. Um, boo, doo, doo, doo. Is there a- any uh, performance that you thought was no good in this? We've mentioned a lot that we thought was good. Um, my choice for, and I don't know if it's performance or character. I'm not crazy about Rez, her manager. His role oh, yeah. in this whole thing. Yeah. Um, Very similar to the manager in Bohemian Rhapsody, except not not exactly as sinister as that. But Yes. 
Yes. I, I think that I don't have a problem with his final scene where he talks about like, you're just going to fall off the wagon and ruin this for her. I think that's appropriate. I don't know. He seemed a little bit too cliche of a manager producer character yeah. here. He's like, we got to, we got to get your hair done. We got to get these pop songs going. I, I would have, I would have liked him to have been a little bit less villainously antagonistic towards Cooper and more, he's actively looking out for Gaga's best interests as yeah. a manager. I think he is, but it it comes across as kind of selfish. He again reminded me, I think I, I talked about this in the Bohemian Rhapsody of the scene of the, the manager of the B sharps and the Simpsons where, where he's like, <laughs> Nahasa Pima Petalon, that sounds too exotic. From now on, you'll be a Pou de Beaumarchais. <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes. Uh, any actors stick out for you as sort um, of an odd choice? I thought the weirdest character in the movie was her friend, who oh sure was, he who just kind of clings along yeah. the entire time, and then yeah, like yeah. he disappears for a big section of the movie, and then he comes back for like one scene where all he says is like, "You know what you got to do? I'll be here for you if I need you," and then he's gone for the rest <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> That's true. He was kind of a, he was kind of an odd uh, odd character there too. Because to, he, he's also in the scene where she's in the bathtub getting ready for mm. her SNL performance. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. you know it, it's weird because you kind of have two characters that fit that role in this movie where you've got the friend but you've also got the dad. Um, yes. And either or of those characters are usually the ones that the main character will kind of emote with as they are going through the stages of this story outside of her relationship with Bradley Cooper's character. Um, so having both of them there is a little bit weird. Obviously they re- represent different things, but I would argue there's nothing that the friend did except for the fact that they worked together that she couldn't have had the same scene with her dad, you know, <laughs> before we, um, before we wrap this up and I'll give general thoughts about the Oscar uh, nominations uh, based on what I've seen, I will say that this was a very, Bizarre film and expectation uh, from what I thought about it. And it's such a weird, it's a weird film in terms of how we now get aware of what films are coming out. When this film released its trailer, it became an internet Twitter meme joke fest. Mm. And it was like, this must be the worst movie. The tra- the meme was just that when he says, hey, and she turns around and he says, I just wanted to look at you one last time. Yeah. And then she has like a funny look, look on her face. That was done in so many meme jokes. You were like, this movie must be terrible. Why is Bradley Cooper so red? Why is Lady Gaga look so bizarre in this? Like, why does he just have that terrible line? And then the movie shocks you by that becomes like one of the saddest scenes when he says it to her the second time yeah. at the end of the movie. And it, it's such a, I know, I don't even know if the trailer was intentionally cut badly because I think there's now a strategy where you want your stuff to become memefied on the internet. Mm-hmm. And that will allow it to get a bigger audience. It's like free advertising for it. But what a turnaround. I, I yeah. could have swore this movie was going to be terrible. And now, now I walk away going, well, this is clearly the best picture of 2018, in my opinion, yeah. anyway. And we didn't even talk about how there are so many like uh, foreshadowing bits about his eventual fate. Um, yeah. Like with the nooses yeah, that, in the opening that shot. That was a yeah. little on the nose. Uh, but, you yeah. know, he tells yeah. a story about trying to kill himself when he was 13. Uh, and there yep. was another one. I can't remember what it was because it dawned on me as we were talking about it and I didn't mention it at the time, but it was another like reference to, uh, you know, the, his only way out was, was, was death or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, I thought that was, that stuff usually 
can come off as pretty hokey. And I thought it was, except for the noose thing, which is again, a little bit much. Um, I was, I, I was actually surprised. I have not seen the previous versions of the movie. I was shocked he killed himself actually. Like that was a deeply surprising thing mm-hmm. that happened. Uh, and you, you know, it's going to happen certainly when he talks about his rehab story about he tried to kill himself when he was 13 and there's a half hour left in the movie. Like, well, this is only going in one direction, I think, but it's a, I, I like the, the way they cut that too. She's doing, she's getting her show ready as he's sort of preparing the garage for himself. Yeah. And it's just this back and forth of her success against him and it's, at the low point. And he has that final shot before he pulls the garage door where it just lingers on him for a couple seconds and, it's and a, shuts the door. It's a mirroring. The, those final scenes are a mirroring of the, the opening scenes where, you know, uh, he says the, I want to look at you one last time thing. And then she, this time she goes to a show and sends a car for him, except he yep. doesn't come. Yep. And, yep. uh, you know, just a, a final thing on, the, on, the, on the, the death of him. I also appreciated that they didn't really redeem him at all because uh, I think there's a way that you could do this where maybe he doesn't kill himself or he dies of some other thing that... It, Alcoholism just drinks himself to death yeah, or, or like, cirrhosis. Uh, I, think, I think in the Chris Christopherson version, he dies on his motorcycle. I don't know if he actively... He, he drives recklessly in his car, yes. So yeah. it's like he kind of commits suicide, but it's not um, It's not 100% his fault. Yeah, but I, I like that there wasn't like, you know, uh, they, they have a moment where he decides that he is going to pick his life up and he's gonna go to the concert and then he gets sideswiped by a truck or some shit like that right I, yeah, I, well, they hint at he he drives on the motorcycle with her and she has a line about i never want to be on with this thing with yes, you when you're drunk yeah. at the start yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, I kind of a, you know, this is a weird thing to say but i'm kind of glad he killed himself as opposed yeah. to killing I, him in some other way because yeah i think it is appropriate to the character and you know it's just man what a fucking bummer <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you know at, at the at, 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 at having him kill himself changes the whole feeling of the final scenes too you know like if he changed the whole it changed the whole movie for me yeah it changed everything about it if he dies in a way that isn't directly his fault and his causing then his death does feel a lot like a sort of martyrdom or there is a positive spin on it or there is this triumphant angle that she can come at it at the end when she's doing that final performance and that's not it at all and I'm going to say yeah. that final performance is probably the best scene because every time I think of it, I, I kind of get choked up. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that's probably the best best scene for me. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely up there. It culminates in that and everything. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Uh, this would be my pick for best picture out of all the ones that I've seen, which have been Roma, this one, uh, Black Klansman, uh, the ones in the Bohemian and Black Panther yeah. that we watched. I've seen uh, this. Roma. I've seen this. I've seen the favorite in Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther. And yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, the fav- Black Panther, cool. It is what it is. Bohemian Rhapsody, I don't think should have been invited to this party. No, it um, shouldn't have been nominated. Black Panther, I think, is the happy to be here, but it's yeah. appropriate to be there. Yeah. I think the, yeah. the Black Panther is the I get it. I, I understand why it's here. Uh, it's it's a great movie for what it is, um, but like I, man, I'll I'll tell you, I said this to my girlfriend as we were watching it too. I was like, you know, having just watched Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody in the mindset of these are movies nominated for Best Picture, and like having that discussion about, well, is Black Panther better than Bohemian Rhapsody? And then watching this, I was like, fuck me, I forgot what these <laughs> movies are supposed to feel like. Like it, this movie feels, yeah. I, 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 I'm not trying to. 
really take away from these other, well, maybe Bohemian Rhapsody, but I'm not trying to take away from these other movies, the quality, but it's just like, this is a movie that feels like a Oscar best picture movie. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I agree with that. And the other funny thing about watching it was that, uh, to tie it into discovery as we always are want to do, um, people accuse me of not connecting emotionally with discovery story. And I, I you hit. I hit a certain point. Where I was like, robot bastard. I was like, I was like, maybe I, am I? I have the Skinner thing. I was like, am I so yeah. jaded? No, it must be the, the children. children. But then, then I go and watch something that is genuinely emotionally appropriately affecting, and I'm like, all right, people are just wrong yeah. about Discovery. Like, there's there's nothing there. And this uh, this film actually sort of uh, reconfigured that, where it's like, oh, okay, like it does work if you do it appropriately and correctly. And I would like to also say how much I appreciate. Um, character work that is not uh, based on multiple characters talking about stories about things their dad told them when they were younger. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> sure. I mean, maybe I can't remember. Maybe there was one or two things in there. I don't remember. But like, there is so much character, quote unquote, character work done on mostly TV at this point, where this they get across shit by just telling stories about stuff that happened when they were a kid or stuff their parents told them. Or it's it, it's so hack. It's just such a yeah. seeing a movie like this where your characters are created by the actions that they take and the relationships they have with each other is just like man it's 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 night and day. Yeah, yeah. 100%. This would be my pick for best picture of 2018, I think. Roma can win best director and I think that that's fair. I think that's a fair trade-off. I think a lot of these things are kind of trade-offs, but that would be my compromise. I, um not to go too much longer. Let me look it up real quick. Uh even though we won't see it because they're doing it on the T are they still uh, doing some of the categories during commercials or did they backtrack on that? No, I think that they've agreed to add four more to the commercial segment. Yeah. Cinematography, interestingly, is one of that's them. the one that I was going to ask about. Um, I'm, I'm looking it up now. I, I haven't seen cold war. I've seen the favorite stars born. Never look away. I haven't seen Roma. But man, Roma is clearly the cinematography and is it, directing. Is it way. really? Because I thought the me, cinematography yeah. in this movie is amazing. I thought it was great. Well, it's this might be personal. I, I feel out of all the Oscar categories, I sometimes feel, in my opinion, that director is usually the most obvious one to me. Like I, yeah. I view director as mostly it's usually innovative and like interesting to look at on a visual level. Like I think of that, that's all cinematography piles onto that, but I think they kind of go hand in hand where director is maybe more directors, maybe more about the tone of it, but I do in a, in a case where I think that a less technically perfect movie should win best picture. Mm-hmm. I like to go with director with the one that innovated or tried or did something to like, wow, look at this. Like this looks really unique in a way. And I, this is, and Roma is that for me, like Roma was a movie that, I enjoyed watching it, mm. even if it didn't emotionally impact me on uh, the level that I think it maybe did for other people. But watching it, you're just like, wow, this is, like this is a film. Like when you're watching Roma, you're just like, this guy is fully in control of how he wants the movie to look and come out. That doesn't surprise me because I think his movies are kind of, there's a big drop off after you get past the visuals generally. Like yep. I feel like yep. he does. Gravity is his big win. He won for Gravity in 2013. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the other, the bear one, Revenant. That was, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't remember if he won. I think he did win for that. He won something for that. Um, is that Quaron? I wasn't even aware yeah, that was him. Yep, that's him. Okay. I, I yeah. think so. Yeah, that's the okay. same guy. Yeah. 
Um, and those, all, all three of those, I mean, I haven't seen this one, but even uh, Children of Men, um, I didn't love the story, but you can't deny that visually it's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if the guy's doing great work consistently, he should be consistently rewarded for it. But the guy yeah. the guy who uh, who did the cinematography on Star is Born is um, Darren Aronofsky's guy, which makes a lot of sense because this movie looked amazing. Yeah, it does. It does. I'm not not going to take anything away from it. I, it. I think at a certain point, like if I was casting a ballot, I would try to spread the wealth a little yeah. bit. Like you, you kind of like, well, I give this one, this one, I'll give this to somebody else. And I think, I think that's where uh, my logic of it comes in. I think. I don't know anything uh, about this Cold War movie. No, <laughs> it's weird when a movie you've never heard of pops up as like one of the categories for it. But we'll call it a day there. Uh, I love the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I think it's one of the better ones that we've seen on Real Ripe and, and in a lot of ways. Like mm. some of the classics obviously are going to hold up. Like Alien, I think, was one that we saw and uh, things like that. But um, listen, for a surprise film, I think this is the one. Listen, if Cocktail didn't win Best Picture, this is not going to win Best Picture. <laughs> That's it for Real Ripe and Real Rotten. We are finished with The Star is Born. That's our Oscars coverage. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I think we made the right choice with this one, Clay, yeah, to watch this so one. I've I seen Black Klansman. I don't think I would have had as much fun talking about Black Klansman. Um, you feel the same way about The Favorite, I think. And yeah, yeah. Roma would have just been us talking about how nice the film looks, I think. Uh, but I, I think we had a lot more to say about A Star is Born, so I'm glad we chose it. What? Um, sorry, not to go to. What, what, what movie is Glenn Close um, nominated the for? Wife. The Wife. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of it. Oh, it says it came out. It says it was from 2017. I think there's a couple months of the previous year where you're allowed to come out and it goes into the next year's awards. Oh, you know what? I think it might have been shot in 2017, but didn't come out till 2018. Oh, wait, come, come out in 2018? Yeah. Okay. Because it says, yeah, it says 2017, but then it says 28 September 2018. So it must have come out later. Huh. Came out on video on demand. <laughs> no one saw it, yeah, but it's apparently. fantastic. Uh, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow the show on all the social media. There's Discord, Facebook, Twitter, all down below. You can support the show as patreon.com slash the Penske file. If you want to support the show a couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff. PayPal link, merchandise at the Teespring link down below. You get t-shirts and cups. And outside of that, I want to thank the Captain Tier patrons who support us on patreon.com. It's Stephen Cobb, Sean, David Grant Taylor, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, Jay Stanley, David Kay, Nick Sergi, Nick Nathan Elliott, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Will Yates, Matt Flores, Samuel Custer, Santos Gonzalez, Robert Cummins, Andrew Cherlock, Spinobi, Russ Graham, Decker Sebastiani, Bradley Killens, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Ben Douglas, Kyle Barrett, Joint Mango, and Tark Latif. Thank you very much, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed our Oscars coverage. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we call it a day? Uh no. Check out the Radio Star Murders. For uh, music yeah. music video coverage, it's a new show on the uh, the sort of network thing that we have going on. You can check it out. Music videos. It'll be on the YouTube, and there'll be um, it'll be on the main page for all the podcasts, which is thepenskyfile.com. We have like I feel like our network is like a state sponsored network at this point because it's just <laughs> it's it's just us. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right. <laughs> we had co-hosts, but they they they've been some uh, summarily executed for not living up to the standards. That's it. Uh, I think that's we are done. That's it. We're going to be back with Amy Adams next, and her worst one is coming up first. It's a leap year. So Amy Adams leap year in a couple weeks. You can expect that. Enjoy the Oscars on Sunday, and we'll see if our premonitions come true. Best wishes uh, to all the people that I like, and hopefully things will pan out. Although the, the math is not looking good for the way that I want it to go, but we'll see. 
All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.